This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, you guys, did you see the video promoting this new episode? Yeah, I'm using a new tool called Promo by Slidely, and it's sort of a one-stop video service that uses premium videos, licensed music if you want, or you can bring in your own music or audio like I did, and it was so easy to use, and I'm so impressed with it. In fact, their help is available on chat 24-7, and they helped me through my first one with ease. So if you'd like to try it out, check out the link on the show notes where we have a promotion for you to give it a try. Hey, listeners, in this episode, I'm talking with a fellow podcaster, and I have to tell you, we would have like a pretty tight race of a contest for good podcast voices if you listen to both of us, different voices, but I think made for podcasting. And Rob Rogers is a, a doc, an ER doctor, and he also is a teacher, and he found a really great way to help people who are teaching medical professionals in the ER environment how to do more, and he'll talk about that. So here we go. Listen up. Hi, Rob. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Great to be here. <laughs> so first of all, let's tell everybody who you are and what you do. So your name is Rob. Why don't you go from there? I'll let you take the rest. You ready? That pretty much that pretty much encapsulates it right there, just <laughs> Rob. All right. So moving on. Now, why don't you tell people what yeah. you do? Because you have a podcast that's pretty cool. That's how I found you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm an emergency physician in Lexington, Kentucky. If you don't know where that is, just Google a map of the U.S. and you'll see Kentucky right in the middle of the state. Hmm. Uh, I've been a physician since 2002 and um, up until about three years ago was in Baltimore, Maryland, and then moved here with my family about three years ago. So I've been academics my whole life, teaching residents, medical students, and 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 yeah, that's that's kind of like my big, uh, I guess that's my main my main job is just being a doctor. So how, what uh, brought you to be a doctor? What made you go down that path? Um, strangely enough, I, I do actually remember the, the one or at least one of the major things in my life that, that made me think, hey, this is just really cool. And that's when I was, I was about nine years old. It's a stupid story, but I was nine years old. <laughs> those are the best. Felt, <laughs> that, sometimes those are the best. I fell out of a tree and broke my arm. And oh. I remember my, my parents taking me to the emergency room um, back then it was called a room because it was really just one room. <laughs> and I was just so in awe of the orthopedic surgeon. And I don't know what it was. The white coat just, I, I was just, you know, starstruck by, by looking at this person. <sighs> and then when, uh, when I followed up for, you know, outpatient appointment for, for the arm, I just remember being in the orthopedic surgeon's office and thinking, this is just real. I didn't really know what was cool about it. I just thought it was cool. And, you know, so yeah, that was like age nine or 10. Wow. And, you know, ever since then, you know, uh, 
it just kind of took off from there. And uh, I initially wanted to go into orthopedics and decided not to. And then I wanted to go into neurosurgery and decided not to. So based on the fact that I like to multitask and don't like to predict what's kind of patients come in, I chose emergency medicine. So that's that's kind of how it happened. Well, that seems like the perfect place to be doing it because you really never know what you're going to get. At least in my experience is walking into the ER. It's uh, everything. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, my nephew's um, fiance just she's a resident. Uh, she's finishing finishing her residency as an ER doc out in oh, Washington. Really? Yeah, she's amazing. Huh. So it, it it seems like there's this there's a couple things that go along with that particular field. One is a very small amount of sleep. Yeah, and one is knowing a lot of things. I mean, like when you're not specialized, you have to know so many different things to cover all the bases, right? Yeah. People ask like, what's it like? And the way, the best way to describe it is it's the first 15, it's the first 15 minutes, the sexy part of the first 15 minutes of every other specialty, if that mm. makes any sense. So we no. see like <laughs> the, 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 the first 15 minutes of heart disease and then they end up going to the cath oh, lab or we okay. see, so we get to see all the, you know, the glamour stuff up front and then they mm-hmm. end off, you know, going someplace else uh, in the hospital and then we go to the next patient. So, okay. you know, we don't get a lot of, we don't get a lot of follow up uh, frequently, but we, we, we see stuff that would just blow your hair back. Hmm. You know, your story about why you became a doc is exactly the reason that I didn't become one. Okay. So I have a story. I have a, and when I was four, I smashed both my thumbs. I sat on top of a stroller and it folded up on my thumbs mm. and popped my thumbnails off and split my thumbs open. Oh. Well, one oh of them split open. So that there was good. a lot of – there. so with the broken arm thing, what you had going for you was probably not a lot of blood, um, even though there's right. pain, um, but bleeding out when you're like four and then you go to the, the ER and they don't numb it because they don't have time. They just have to get it stitched and it's a, such a small space, you know, a little teeny four-year-old thumb, or at least that's what I was told. I just screamed like the entire time. So I was pretty much – that was the end of my uh, medical career, even though I have sort of a fascination with it. Like I'm always trying yeah. to solve – solve health issues for everybody around me. And huh. that, that kind of stuff sticks in my head. Like I can remember, I mean, I could probably rattle off 10 supplements for whatever thing you tell me that you're doing, <laughs> but, um, I can't be around blood, even my kids when they're bleeding. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. That That's a shame because things have changed since, since, uh, we grew up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be 48 in November. So when I broke my arm, that was a number of years ago. Back then they didn't give me any sedatives. They didn't, I remember distinctly remember screaming and my scream mm-hmm. filling the emergency room. Yeah, I was not, I was nine because they didn't use any sedatives. They didn't give right. any, anal, they didn't give any analgesics. They just, back then it was just, they took the two bones and forced them back together. And oh. my mom uh, oh. and my dad still remember <laughs> that scream. So oh. if you were a patient and came in today at age four with the injury you just described, probably we'd put you to sleep and give you something to take the oh. edge off. So yeah, that would have been changed. so much better. Yeah, it sounds like I grew up yeah. in the caveman days. It really wasn't that far we back, did. but it... <laughs> we, we definitely did. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like the days of like removing teeth without any kind of you know uh, what do you call it novocaine or something. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that far back. But yeah, it's not good. So now that you um, are an ER doc and you're also teaching, so you teach. Did you teach before you became a doctor, or did you like? Is that what you've always done? No, no. I went straight from college to med school to residency to job. And all along the way, I was just always interested in 
teaching and inspiring mm-hmm. learners. And, um, you know, I like treating patients. It's not that I don't like treating patients, but I, I've always found that I had for some, I'm one of those weird people that felt like they had more of an impact on patient care by teaching people to take good care of patients, if that makes any sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I like taking care of patients and injuries and I, I see them, you know, every shift I work, but I, I felt like my calling was more, uh, inspiring, motivating and, and, you know, teaching people how to do that. And then actually, the, do you mean the, the doctors and stuff or the patients themselves? Yeah. Doctors, mm-hmm. med students. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the healthcare providers, okay. not just physicians, you know, nurses mm-hmm. and, you know, anybody, uh, EMS providers, all sorts. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, I've been teaching my whole life and I, I don't know, I've just, maybe I should have been a teacher. I don't know. I think I've always had a, a calling for, for, for teaching. Yeah. Mm, that's nice. You get a lot of skills and experiences though, by actually doing it first. You know, I think you probably bring more to the table because you are a doctor yeah. and had the experience than if you went right from college to teaching. Yeah, you know? probably. And then also, you know, over the years you, you do realize that you, every patient encounter you're, t- you have to teach patients. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, the word doctor, if you look at the Latin root is actually to teach. So mm-hmm. you're, you're teaching every patient anyway. You're not drawing lectures on a board for them, but right. you're, you know, teaching goes with that profession anyway, really. You know, you made me think of um, a question that I often wonder about when I talk with people in the medical profession. And that is, I have a great doctor. She's amazing. She kind of crosses over between Eastern and Western. And then I've, you know, known acupuncturists and, um, people who do different massage and things like that. And one of my acupuncturists was was uh, late in his career, and he was really trying to teach me. You know, I'd go in for a treatment, mm-hmm. and then he'd pull out this book, and he'd go, okay, this is how we have to heal. We have to start, you know, at this point and go all the way through. If you start here, you're just, you know, we give all, give all these explanations. And it was so intriguing right. to me. Even just that little bit of learning shifted the way that I look at taking care of myself. You know, so mm-hmm. do you find that that's something um, – people have time to do in your profession? Yeah. Yeah. The, the time there's more, more pressures to document and write more and be on the, I mean, the, the percentage of time that I'm actually in front of a computer, it's, you know, 40, 50% of my time is mm-hmm. actually just entering orders, entering notes. So yeah, the time constraints, a big issue, but getting back to things like acupuncture, um, when I was in medical school, we, they didn't teach us about any of this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, we had a, a one semester nutrition course, my second year, but they really never talked about chiropractic manipulation, mm-hmm. acupuncture, herbal supplements. And I used to be against all of those things. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I was against them because I think I was just ignorant about some of the benefits. So as long as it's not harmful, right. and there's some chiropractic things that I think could be harmful that people mm-hmm. would need to know about, like sudden neck manipulations. And I've seen cases where they had uh, torn arteries in their neck because of certain manipulations Eesh. in an office. Okay. I think most of those things are probably safe. I mean, mm-hmm. acupuncture, if it helps patients, right. you know, knock yourself out. I, I think we need to sort of um, get rid of the, the ego of medicine, which is kind of still around and, mm-hmm. and evoke more of a holistic approach. If patients think that something helps and it's not harmful right. and spiritually and mentally they think it helps, and then I say yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, acupuncture is probably my favorite of all the things. But um, even when I go to the chiropractor, I'm like, yeah, don't do that neck crack thing. I'm good with just the gentle manipulations. <laughs> I don't do any yeah, of the hardcore. That's, that's, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one thing where I've seen the complications is mm-hmm. the the sudden you know the sudden neck tweaks. Yeah. There, there's a term for it in um in that specialty. But yeah, every if it helps. Then and I know it probably it. helps a lot of people. I think it's just that you know I you have to be within your comfort zone. You know of what you want. Right. So um, 
What brought you to starting a podcast? How did that how did that happen? Wow. So it's been it's probably probably ten years since I started to dabble a little bit in it. And ten years. Ten years? Yeah. So you're ten a years veteran. Of, well, you're a veteran then. No, not 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 at all. Um ten years I kinda got interested in it. There's a guy that um uh, his name's Mel Herbert, has a podcast in emergency medicine called MRAP, E M A R P. And I don't know how many they get now, but the last time I looked, they had 20, 30, 40,000 subscribers. And these oh, are just wow. emergency physicians around the world, nurses, um, different healthcare providers. But he started a podcast in 2000, uh, to either 2000 or 2001 mm-hmm. that came out and I have it still somewhere. The first, it was an audio cassette. Do you remember those? Yes. Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. An audio Because I'm cassette. from the caveman days. We already established that. So well, yes. I'm with I'm with you. I remember all of it. <laughs> my 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 son said, "What is that?" I'm like, it's an <laughs> it's an audio it's an audio cassette. Did you whip out and the eight tracks then and show him those? No, I was just about to mention eight tracks. I don't I don't think I I don't I don't own any eight tracks. But we have vinyl. We have albums. And yeah. They don't know what that is. I'm like that's a really big CD. I'm like it's not a CD. <laughs> Even when we say so, album, when people say album, I'm like, oh, you're so old school. It's not an album anymore. Call it something else. You know. <laughs> right. I guess it's just they're all MP3s now, right? Right. Spotify right. and yeah. So. So yeah, I started uh, to dabble a little bit uh, over the years and then got more serious about it in the last five to six years. And the, the, I guess the reason I got into it was because I'm a big believer that you can have impact where you live, you can have impact where you work, but it's kind of a small area. You know, if you live in a, I live, I live in Lexington, if I just taught here and my teaching and my passion for education went no further, then, you know, that's fine. But with podcasting, you reach a global audience. Mm-hmm. At least you hope to reach a global audience. And and um, you end up meeting people. I mean, I met you kind of through podcasting interest. Right. You meet people along the way that I don't think you ever would have met had the gates not been opened by podcasting. I think it's just a great global way of teaching in this big classroom that connects more people. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I was drawn to it. It's a magical place, really. I mean, you know, the internet was one thing that got us closer. But the thing about podcasting especially conversational podcasting, is that you have two real people talking about real things. And, yeah, you know, when you're just on the internet and you're in like a chat group or you're in a, you know, dating site or whatever it is, or, a, you know, Facebook or whatever, anything, you really never know what's on the other side of that computer. Yeah. But like, look, right. at you and I are physically seeing each other. We know that you're real, I believe, unless there's some sort of really good animation going on over there. Um, and it's real. And we're having authentic conversations. We're not. And the thing I also like about podcasting, I mean, sure, it would be great to like um, have it become my primary income and, you know, go on around the world talking with people. That would be like the dream. That but is my dream job. Mine I'm with too. You. I know. But right now, even it's just the um the fact that we can do this and have these conversations and we aren't it's not like we're here trying to push anything on anybody and i like that i like the fact that it could just be what right. it is you know so it's like a I, virtual starbucks yeah yeah i never looked at it that way yeah. i wonder if starbucks yeah. will pay us a little bit of jing for the for prom- promoing them they though. should <laughs> they should i can their name again starbucks <laughs> Like I'll say, I'll I'll say it every couple of minutes. Okay, I don't think it's gonna get us anywhere. Um, so, uh, what do you talk about on your show? So, you... so there are there are a number of podcasts in medicine. You can find them on on um, iTunes and Spotify, the other apps. And and there's there's content topics, content podcasts where 
you know, people talk about medical topics, you know, cardiology, orthopedics, trauma. So th- those are, that's not what I do. The, the, the Medjitopia podcast, the thing that I've always been more interested in talking about is, uh, number one, medical education topics, how to be a better educator, how to be a better speaker, mm-hmm. how to get into podcasting, how to build digital media, how to connect via social media, um, all those kinds of topics. And then, and then what I'm, what I've gotten more into recently is kind of the intangible things that, that a lot of medical education or a lot of medical podcasts don't talk about. I'm not sure if you're familiar with mastermind groups. Are you? I totally am. I have one one? myself. Yeah. I, I'm starting several of those. And, um, a friend of mine, Chris Curran, and if you don't listen to this guy's podcast, you should, because he is amazing. He is a uh, professional sound engineer and a podcaster uh, who lives in Denver. has a podcast called the Podcast Engineering Show. One of the funniest. You, you have to listen to this. Yeah, why he's am got, I not listening to this? I'm totally going to listen. to I don't this. know. Yeah. He he is incredible, and he has taught some courses with me. He's a really really good guy. And, and maybe a year ago, I don't know where I've been. A year ago, he said. <laughs> you should think about doing like a mastermind group. And I'm like, what the heck is a mastermind group? And it, you know, it's evidently been around forever. I mean, Benjamin Frank, right. it's, people have been doing this for years. You should and probably I, explain it though. So people know, cause if you didn't know, then somebody else. Yeah. That, no, that's a good point. That's yeah. actually a good point. And funny thing is I've got this little book right here, which won't show up on your audio podcast, okay. <laughs> but uh, I'll show you. It's called the mastermind Bible. Oh, I just got it. I mean, it's a little everything. paperback. You have everything. Uh, not really. So <laughs> it's a, it's a book that, that explains how to set one up. And basically what the, what the, the gist of it is the way I understand it is you, you put together a number of people. It could be, uh, between four, four to 10 people. And there are bigger ones than that. And there were smaller ones than that. And you, you pick a topic. So one of the things we're going to do is on podcasting. Mm -hmm. So people who want to get into podcasting, who want to learn how to do it, who want to, you know, build it as a career, you form this group of people interested in that topic and then uh, the best way to do it is to meet live if you can. But a lot of these groups mm-hmm. meet via, you know, Skype or Zoom or Google Hangouts or something. And they meet every couple of weeks or once a month or you can pick whatever frequency you want. But it's basically this living, breathing, longitudinal, small uh, network or community that is centered around the topic you're interested in. And you meet regularly and everybody gets to share their experiences and I'll, I'll give you a, a, an idea, uh, an idea of kind of what I'm talking about with one I just started locally mm-hmm. in Lexington. And it's a group of people who want to just create a business. Like these are like dads and moms who haven't done one before and they've got kids who play soccer. I mean, these are people who just work for a living. They've never right. even thought about doing anything entrepreneurial. So the mastermind group for that group is a people is a group of people who meet and, and just kind of go around and talk about like what, what they'd like to create. Mm-hmm. And then someone can chime in and say, have you thought about developing an LLC? And then the rest mm-hmm. of the group says, what the heck is an LLC? Mm-hmm. And then people go do homework on how to create, you know, an LLC on, on, um, legal zoom or whatever. Right. And then the group comes back and they meet. And basically what you do is you build off the strengths of the rest of the group. Right. So you bring in the, a diverse group of people who talk about this topic and you'll have people who who have done it before or know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets assignments. Everybody has to contribute and and share with the group. And people learn from each other. It's it's like this little close knit community that that grows around a topic, and you end up becoming stronger than than when you entered. And everybody grows off each other, and you help each other. Yeah, so very I, I, I was fascinated by yeah. it. Oh yeah. Yeah, the one I had so, uh, just yeah. to give you a little a little more insight is. 
it was um, six people around the world. We spanned 16 time zones. So we would meet every Sunday afternoon, uh, central time at two o'clock, because then the one, the woman in Australia that was joining us, she'd get on at like six in the morning, her time. And we, so we were like Australia, Serbia, UK, Canada, US and Germany. Did I say Germany? That's fascinating. And we were all, we were all different. So there were men and women and they were, we ranged in ages from 23 to like 60 and all of us had really one common goal that we had a, a big life change we were embarking upon, a big life uh-huh. project or initiative. And um, we all just shared our progress on that progress on that project for over four months. And I mean, that was two years ago and we're still all like we stay connected on WhatsApp and, yeah. you know, continue yeah. to chime in and check in on each other. So it was a really, really amazing experience. It, first of all, I don't know why the Australians always get um screwed they, they all it, it seems like when you do time zone time zone and that's kind of what we're facing the the uh, the thing with mastermind groups the thing that i've noticed so far is i go to a number of conferences uh, on education around the world and you know you have to travel you have to get a hotel you have to pay for a flight mm-hmm. you don't want to be away you're tired and you know as you grow older it's harder and harder to sit in a lecture and get anything out of it oh, so right. what what ends up happening is the best part of conferences is the networking and mm-hmm. finding out new ideas and catching up with people. So uh, in the mastermind group area, one of the best things is like when someone in the group just says, hey, you should check out this podcast. Um, right. Here's a couple of books right. from Amazon. Let's, let's, let's all order this book together and read it. And and um, yeah, you sort of start growing together and ideas get generated and people throw a book here and a podcast in mm-hmm. and and then you're all listening to it and you're all growing and you're getting ideas from each other and it's it's amazing. It, the, the exponential growth you can get out of these is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the and totally true. And the one that I was on, there were two things that I really saw that made a huge difference in my life. One was just a very like immersion uh, opportunity to understand other cultures, right? I mean, just to see yeah, yeah. how differently everybody else lived, yet how much the same, like all of us on these all across the world, different ages, different right. lives could come together and and be so connected, you know, so that was the one thing right. I really learned and that you truly can connect to people this way, virtually this way. I mean, you're right. As far as conferences and things like that, sometimes when I'm in a group of 200 people, it's really hard for me to begin this kind of conversation, but I could have, yeah. I could do this over Skype all day long with people and be yeah. super connected yeah. and feel, you know, really part of it. Right. Right. So going on your mastermind group, I keep interrupting your story, but Continue. I'm trying to cover topics that that um that you just won't hear on on a lot of other podcasts, and okay. so uh, you know I they I've been listening a lot to um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the the youpreneur community. Mm-mm. If you don't get it, if you the, the, the listeners of your podcast should check it out. It, I get no money for saying that, but <laughs> just Google youpreneur y o u preneur, and it's um. It's a community that was uh, established by a, name, a guy named Chris Ducker, D-U-C-K-E-R. Okay. And he, he's, so he's developed this online community of people who want to be entrepreneurs. And so he came up with the term youpreneur, hmm. which is basically a business that is centered around you as a brand. It's like a okay. personal brand. So you're not selling anything per se. You're, it's, it's, it's centered around you. Mm-hmm. And he, he talks about you know, all these topics on his website. So anyway, he's got this um, a, a podcast episode that that and it really hit me that you don't have to compete with people who have similar interests. What mm-hmm. you what you're probably better off doing 
is trying to be different and trying mm-hmm. to differentiate yourself as opposed to being just a little bit better than the person beside you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've tried to do with, with some of the podcasts recently is, is just touch on topics that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. don't talk about. Um, I had a funny thing is that the podcast that we we don't do anymore, but it was actually probably the most fun podcast I ever did was a podcast with some of the faculty here in Kentucky. One of the guys, a friend of mine, Will Sanderson, who is an actor, uh, former actor. And when I say actor, he was in some pretty, pretty bad movies. <laughs> I'm sure bored? he'll want to hear this. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. He's gonna be just fuming when he hears I talked about. If you want some really entertaining stuff, just <laughs> Google Will Sanderson and the movie Blood Rain. Okay. So okay. Will, anyway, Will Will was on a podcast uh, with me together, and we. We sort of modeled it, and I know some of the listeners will know this and some won't. We modeled it after Seinfeld because we were essentially a podcast about nothing. Ah, okay. Got it. Yeah. And people people who knew Seinfeld caught on and said, that's brilliant. People who didn't know Seinfeld were like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> so we literally talked about nothing. We just we talked about the intangible things, the things that sort of you know slip into the cracks. Um, and I think that was one of the most powerful things we ever did together was have a podcast that just really did because Seinfeld, if you watch that show, it does address all of those things in life that, that people just don't talk about or they talk about, you know, behind closed doors. And so I think to be a good podcaster, you know, and I'm by no means there, I think, um, talk about things other people don't do and as Uh opposed and try to be different and unique and come up with your own spin as opposed to being, you know, just another podcast like X or whatever. Yeah, right, right. And I think the thing I always tell myself when I get in the moments of like, am I really, what am I doing here? You know, this is a lot of time and energy and money. Is it really, is it, am I adding value to the world? And I keep trying to remind myself that there's room for everybody. And that even if through my show, you know, one person gets inspired per episode, it's been, it's done a good thing. You know, I, I totally agree. Um, leaving the world in a better position than it was when you found it. I mean, even if it's just a tiny bit of positive. Yeah, I agree. While you're doing this podcasting, though, you're also working a full-time job and being a dad and all the things that go along with family life and all of that, right? Right. So I was thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> I, I run into those moments myself. Like today, I was going to tell you the story when we got on. So you know how when you go to the kids' arcade and they have those machines that – you put the coin in and it lets you push like these little trucks start moving forward and pu- pushing the coins on that layer towards the edge. Towards the edge. And like, when yeah, they go, you never went. But when they, Ever. No, when they go over the edge, if, if in theory they went over the edge, you would win like a bucket load of coins. Right. So right, I feel right. like that's my life right now. Like every day I'm pushing like a little bit of the podcast, a little bit of work, a little bit of the kids uh-huh, stuff, a little yep. bit of the me, a little bit of the health, all these things like giving them their little, you know, push forward. But I was thinking, what is on the edge of over the edge? Is it going to be like the big mother load bucket of coins? Or is it going to be like the, the nervous breakdown? I'm on the edge of and it's finally going to happen. Do you ever feel like that when you're trying to juggle uh, all these different things? Yes, every day, okay. every day. <laughs> it's like ER. Live and I don't have every a great, day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a great answer on how to deal with that. But I but for me, my my job, because it is sometimes days, evenings, overnights, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's one forty-one in the afternoon here and my kids are in school. My wife's at work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got the afternoon. I had a little bit of this morning. So I, you know, you carve out time. I don't, right. um, there, there's the, the, at least one thing I try to do and I won't tell the whole story, but mm-hmm. you've probably heard the story of the, the bucket or the jar, mm-hmm. right? So the, if you put the, put the big rocks in first, 
You ever heard that story? No. And, and I'm not going to, I'm going to completely butcher, <laughs> butcher the story. But I, but the way I remember it is uh, a college professor has a big jar uh-huh. and um, he puts up some rocks in it and uh, some big rocks. Uh-huh. And then he asked the students, uh, he fills the jar to the top with rocks uh-huh. and he asked the students, is it full? And the students say, yeah, it's full. Uh-huh. And he, um, then he takes some smaller stones and pours those in there and uh-huh. the smaller stones filter in. And then he asks the students, is it full? Uh-huh. And they all say, yes, it's full. And then he pours sand in and the sand fills it all the way to the top. And he says, is it full? And he sa- they say, yes. And then he fills, fills the remaining part with water and mm-hmm. it all, now all completely fills to the top. And the whole point of the story is you won't be able to get those, get things in unless you put the big ones in first. And so for most people, the big ones are, your kids, right. your happiness, your health, right. taking vacations when you need to. And, and so, I mean, I've tried, I, I probably butchered that story, yeah. but that's, that's the gist of it is take care of your big rocks first. Right. I try to do that. It, it's tough to balance. It, it is just, it, it is very tough. Yeah. There are moments where I think, um, you know, giving up the show would be one way to like make life a lot calmer, but I can't even imagine who I would be anymore. So I just keep doing it because right. I do love it. Like this is how, this is how I fill my bucket pretty much every yeah, day. That's how, that, that's interesting how your passion starts to become your, and it sounds kind of cheesy, but your passion ends up becoming a little bit of your, or sometimes even a large part of your identity. Right. So then when you don't have your passion to, to, to do, you feel like a piece of you is missing. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Plus I learned so much. Every time I talk with somebody, I learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So when it comes to being in the ER, I have to ask this question. Is there one thing that you commonly see that you think if people would just stop doing that, we wouldn't have to do this every time? Is there like a common theme at all? One thing, well, there's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of things that I wish people wouldn't do. But unfortunately, if they all went away, I probably wouldn't have a job. Eh, you'd find something um, else. <laughs> but, but, you know, I wish they all would go away because right. people unnecessarily die and, and develop disease. I'd say stop smoking is probably the biggest one. Hmm. If people wouldn't smoke, I mean, it is, it is amazing. Uh, I live in Kentucky, and mm-hmm. and we see twenty and twenty and thirty year olds with cancer. Oh my god! They've been smoking. They've been some of these people have been smoking since they were five, six, seven years old. So wow. not smoking, not drinking too much. Right. Um, I would definitely recommend against methamphetamine use. Well, so, yeah, you know, drug the use. obvious one, yeah. So don't, don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Um, that pretty much encapsulates a lot of this, a lot, or at least a large percentage of what I see is just bad decisions. So you made me think of something now with the changes in the marijuana laws. How do you feel about that? Is that, do you think that's going to create more problems or less? Years ago, I used to, to think, well, you know, if we legalize marijuana, it's going to be a gateway drug and people are going to start shooting heroin in the streets. And Mm -hmm. and that's, that's just not, that's not the reality. Marijuana is kind of goes along with other drug use. People who use heroin are probably also smoke marijuana. Right. But but the notion but the notion that legalizing it is going to lead to this, you know, huge outpouring of people who are addicted to injection drug use is just not true. Mm-hmm. So, um I don't I I I wouldn't say I'm for it, but I'm I'm not against it. And the the, the sad reality is most of the states in the US at least are just flat broke. Uh-huh. And the, and I'm not, I'm not going to get, I try not to get political here, right. but just imagine that like the tax revenue that Colorado generated 
right. when they legalize marijuana. Yes. And then think of the good stuff you could do with the tax money that, right. you know, so it's a complex issue. I don't know that I'm for legalizing it, but I'm not really, I'm not against it. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and then, and then medicinal marijuana there. Right. I mean, there's an, I know enough now to say that, you know, uh, certain pain disorders and, and, and in kids, even certain seizure disorders now have been effectively treated with the chemicals in marijuana. So th- there are some good sides. Isn't yeah. That incredible. It was right there in front of us the whole yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that is. Um, so the way that I look at it too, is I think that it's, I always wondered this. Remember back like in the 40s and 50s, especially in the 50s, from what I know, and I wasn't alive then, but I'm just saying like from movies and TV, um, that they had their martini. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, people had their drink. They had their little drink tray set up in the, you know, wherever. And there was always at the end of the day, they had a drink. And I don't drink uh, with any regularity or or partake in marijuana because I, it, I just... It make it affects my next day, which is not a good right, thing. Right, right. So um, even like a small amount, I just my body's super sensitive to everything right now, so I don't do anything. But at the same time, I think maybe that's why we had a little like a calmer environment, less anxiety. I mean, a lot of the world today definitely increases the pro the the anxiety because of just you know your phone's dinging every two seconds. Oh, it's incredible. Anxiety's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. if like legalizing marijuana might take that down a notch, you know? Like maybe if people I bet it would. Yeah. I, I just imagine just just a little bit less anxiety, a little bit more Dorito and Cheeto ingestion perhaps. Right. <laughs> Oh no! Are we plugging but, Fritos and Doritos now? Darn it! Yeah, I'm we not should. For but, them. You know, they that, have that orange good. stuff in them. I don't like that. <laughs> right, that's good for the economy too. So yeah, right. probably. I, yeah. That's anxiety is just—it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, so I was thinking it would be fun to do something that I haven't done. I don't think at all on the show. It'll be like the first time. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. You braced? Okay. So we, you and I have chatted a little bit before we got, you know, connected up for this call because we, we met on a podcast, uh, Facebook page, I think, right? Yes. Is that where yep. that was? Okay. It was. Um, all right. And so we've chatted a little bit and I broke out one of my favorite things to do with new people I'm getting to know, which is the random facts questions. Random facts. Okay. Random Far facts. away. So I'm going to go with, yeah, rapid fire random facts. Ready? Okay. First one is okay. who is your favorite superhero? Wow, there's so many good ones. Um, my favorite one, you know, it's a just it's a just a traditional. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay traditional here and not try to be mm-hmm. creative and think. You know, it's Superman. It's, it's got it's definitely Superman. Why Superman? I, I just I want to have the ability to just get up and go and fly away from something. <laughs> if I if I if I had to escape quickly, yeah, and I didn't like the situation I was in, yeah. I mean, you're bulletproof. You can fly. You can right. lift anything. I mean, I don't know what. What else there is? I know, right? That's true. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yep. He's a good one. Good pick. It's a common pick, but I'll I'll let it go. I, I don't know that I would wear his outfit. <laughs> I might wear like a more a little bit more laid back. Not the leotards and the yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I think no, I don't superheroes think so. and leotards are almost a you know that's the way that has to go most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. All right. That. So if you could live anywhere in the world, where? Oh my gosh! Anywhere in the um. There's a couple of places. One I've not been to. Uh, I'd like to visit Bora Bora, but I don't know that I'd like to live there. If I could, I would have to say, if, if I had to answer now, I'd say New Zealand. Ah, have you been there? I have, yeah. I've been to the the north. There's two islands, north and south. Mm-hmm. 
and it is, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings or a Hobbit fan, it is, do you, have you read or seen um, the movies or? I didn't answer out of embarrassment. No and no. That's okay. <laughs> see now, now, so I'm, I'm going to, I'll give you an assignment. I'll give you an assignment. Okay. <laughs> it is, it is just, a, it is just a magical place. The, the beauty is just, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. I've seen glimpses of the movies because they played in my peripheral, but, um, you know, with my kids and that, but it's, they're so dark that I, I step away. Yeah. Like, I love light and sun and all of that. So I don't it's really just, watch them. It's just, there, there are not a lot of people. It, it's just green rolling hill. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. A friend of mine, um, who's an emergency physician came up with this thing called the beauty to death ratio. I'm sure uh-huh. if you've ever heard of that before. No. So, so w- what it is, is it, it's, it's a realization that everyone's eventually going to die which is kind of a morbid thing to say, but right. your job in life is to increase the beauty as much as you possibly can. And and frequently what that means is doing fun stuff, going mm-hmm. to beautiful places, spending your time on the beach in the sun with your family, traveling to beautiful countries. Mm-hmm. So that, that I'm a big fan of that philosophy, increasing your beauty to death ratio. So far out of all my travels, New Zealand has, wow. has raised it the most. Yeah. It's amazing. That's incredible. And they're the nicest people on the planet that I've really? ever, I mean, they're wow. just incredibly yeah, incredibly patient of, of mm. U.S. people. You know, um, I had these this, these guests on earlier, Conan and Callie. They're from Argentina, and they had come to the U.S. to do like a go to all the national parks. And they got through yeah. a number of them, but didn't get all the way through until their visa. They couldn't get their visa renewed again. And so they went to New Zealand next, and uh, they're both photographers. And so I keep following you know them on Instagram and that. And it is, I mean, what I've seen of it, just the number of waterfalls and, and uh, even, it's incredible. Yeah. And even for all the travel that they've done, they continue to say like, it's just like, you you know, normally like in the U.S. or even in Argentina, for that matter, you would drive, you know, yeah. hours from one beautiful scene to the next. And they're like 45 minutes. And they're stopping again because it's breathtakingly beautiful again. Like they it's just like, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's like everywhere we went was like being in a fairy tale, just uh-huh. beautiful landscapes. Yeah, it's you have to go sometime. Why don't we all live there? What's the deal? Why don't people I live don't in New know. Zealand? Why don't people don't, migrate don't, to New Zealand? I don't know that New Zealanders want a flood of U.S. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would I would recommend it. Yeah. OK, on my list, I will take right. that assignment of going to New Zealand. OK. All right. So um, as a podcaster, what has been like the most uh, shocking conversation that you've had? Where you someone caught you off guard, that that moment right oddly, there was it that moment? Oddly right enough, there? probably right now. <laughs> uh, I ruined your joke and everything. No, I know I'm, I'm total. I'm 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 being completely open, honest, and vulnerable here. Probably just the last question you asked me, and no one's ever asked me that question. I've had a couple of, um, uh, you know, unexpected questions that I was able to to sort of get around, and but no, like I. Can't you honestly can't think of any story, you know, anything that just went completely nuts. Will Sanderson, the, the friend, my friend of mine who lives in the state of Washington, um, who again, uh, if, if you're listening, Will, Blood Rain, just watch Blood. Watch, your <laughs> listeners need to watch Blood Rain. Um, he and I had some heated, but because we're both passionate, and I think we kind of butted heads on a couple of uh-huh. things, but you know, like in a friendly way. But nothing like, other than the question you just asked me, that's probably the most. Yeah, I feel like our our work is done Funny. now, don't you? I feel like yeah, <laughs> that was well done. That was well done. Um, on your show, when you're um, asking, you know, you're talking with other people in the medical field. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Um, is there any time where you've had to debate or disagree or like argue with anybody in that context? 
Uh, I've had disagreements. I don't know that I've uh, we call it an argument. We um, we had a we actually in this little room that I'm in. I call it a studio. It's more like a closet and <laughs> with Bob Ross. In it. Um, we had a, an episode that uh, debated whether or not you should give Narcan, which is the antidote for heroin. You know, okay. you've probably seen it in the news. People who come in after an overdose and get the antidote and they wake up and they survive, we can actually prescribe that for patients to go home with. Hmm. So it's controversial. Basically, we're giving a drug user an antidote and some people would say you're just giving them permission to go use the drug so that when they overdose, their family or friends can administer the antidote and wake them up and save their lives. Mm-hmm. So we did have a heated – we had a podcast in this room uh, mm-hmm. debating that and it was you know, split probably 60-40 people for it and against it. Hmm. But I can't think of anything – I can't think of anything really – definitely no yelling or hmm. out of control kind of stuff. I'm yeah, waiting luck- for it. <laughs> yeah, luckily I don't have that. That's not the way my show goes. If I had yeah. that, I don't know what I would do with it because I'm really not great with that. I'm more about the curiosity. I'm more for, yeah, I'm I'm more for building and positivity than I. We don't have a ton of controversial stuff. Right. Luckily, that's good. Yeah, Narcan. I did not know what that was until my um, 16 year old told me about it because he's he just loves watching the news. He watches CNN. Yeah, he pays yeah. attention. I don't have. I don't watch TV. So I don't see commercials and I don't listen to radio. So I never see, know what's see, going on. You don't you don't watch television. I, f- I feel so bad about myself right now. I know I used to. I, I, I've used up all my yeah. my my dance cards for the TV over the years. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of our cable. It is <laughs> such a waste of time. I know. I mean, I still watch Netflix. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like a saint, but yeah. yeah. Um, I just uh, got tired of you know, a number of years ago. I got tired of commercials, so I just sort of didn't watch just TV. Channel no. surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I can get sucked in. Boy, Netflix binge can hit me like blindsided. And then, oh, you know, yeah. three days later, I'm like, did yeah. I really watch three seasons in three days? How did that happen? <laughs> yep. I remember going through Game of Thrones like a fiend. Oh, now, my. see, that show is so disappointing to me. And here's why. Because really? everybody loves it. It sounds yeah. amazing. It sounds really intellectually challenged. Like it would like tweak the parts of my brain that I love to be yeah. tweaked, which are the intellect yeah. part but i can't handle the gore i cannot handle it so oh, really? i watched huh. one episode and of course i picked like probably one of the worst ones maybe well i don't know to me they uh i don't know the term for it cast mutilated someone yes castration okay yeah. that to a guy i knew, I knew that human. was the episode you were talking about yeah <laughs> and so i'm watching yeah, that's it pretty, yeah I'm watching, like, even now I'm starting to salivate because I want to hurl. Um, I'm watching it. I'm like, how can people watch this? How can, like, you know, even at the movie theater, if I'm there and there's something gory, I can't watch it at all. Um, Especially, like, when it's oppression, oppression or, you know, torture or things like that. I can't handle those kind of things. What is your favorite Netflix series? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I, I binge a lot of different ones. So I really like Stranger Things, oddly enough, because there's a little mm. bit of weirdness in that. But I like that kind of on the edge, on the fringe kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and there's this one called um, Catastrophe. It's a, it's like a drama comedy kind of thing out of the UK. And it was only, I think, only huh. two seasons. And I really like that. It was funny and just about a family and, you know, stuff happening to them. I like that a lot. Yeah. Those are the two that came to my mind quickly. Oh, 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 oh. and um, Sherlock. I've not seen that. Oh, wait, is that on Netflix yeah. or is that on Amazon? I think that's on is Amazon. HBO? I don't remember. 
Yeah, I think I'll I had to, to buy it then out. on Amazon. I really love Sherlock, but I didn't like. I don't like the most recent series. I like the first or season. I like the first season. Huh. Again, it was all tapping into the brain, like the the yeah. intellect, like trying to solve and be ahead. And and oh, Sherlock is just so incredibly smart, you know. And he's a little yeah. on the fringe of can see through the curtain, the veil. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I like that. Kind what of about stuff. Breaking Bad? Have you seen that? Okay, that's a good one to bring up. This will be fun. So everybody loves Breaking Bad. Everybody I love loves Breaking Bad. Everybody that's smart that I know loves Breaking Bad. I watched like the first episode and I was sick and I couldn't watch Breaking Bad. But oddly enough, I watched Ozark. Did you watch Ozark? Oh, yeah. With Matt. Oh, I forget his name. No, with uh, the, <laughs> Jason Matt, Bateman. Matthew. Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman. I thought it was Matt. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> so the but story. That's got some. Some stuff oh. in it too, though, right? Oh, it is. It's horrible. And yeah. The thing that got me through that, though, is Jason Bateman because he's sort of like my celebrity crush. So, yeah, yeah, he's great. I, was, I watched it because of thanks to J- uh, Jason Bateman. I watched a super gore show, and it was one of those like a train wreck where you just can't stop. You get, you know, yep. you get to the end of it, you're like, that did not happen, you know, and then. And then you go, okay, I'll watch one more, one more episode, and then that happens. And I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it season, really, they're, they're they're filming season two. Did you know that? Yeah, that's not good for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was the okay? Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched. Is it Ozark or Ozarks? First of all, uh, uh, Ozark. Okay, if you haven't I watched think. Ozark, people have termed it as the watered down version of Breaking Bad. Does that resonate with you? Watered down. Um, I don't know how. I don't know if it's maybe a little watered down, but but there's some good spice to it, though. I think it's that there's not as much yeah. length of character development because Breaking Bad is all these seasons yeah. and all this slow grow of character development, whereas yeah. Ozark, you're like cramming through a whole lot of people really fast, and yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was. Everybody was already, you know how, okay, you know how when there's a series, like if you look at even Seinfeld or Friends or The Office, and you look at the first season or maybe even the first two, they're a little quirky, right? Yeah. But yeah. by the they end, they haven't like got their stride yet. Right. But by the end, they're just like almost animated because they are yeah, so yeah. intensely their character. Ozark comes in like that. Ozark comes in like season yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> Ozark is like Breaking Bad in the Mountains. It's crazy. I really actually enjoyed it, though, except for the shocking gore things that happened. I didn't yeah. like the part, spoiler alert, at the beginning, what they did to his partner and his... Uh, yeah. That was bad. Yeah. Was so bad. All right. So we should probably start wrapping this up because otherwise we're going to go down Netflix series lane and it's going to get really, <laughs> really long. Just down a down a rabbit hole. Right. So where can people find you? Where's the best place? Probably the best place is our uh, newer, couple months old website, um, mymedutopia.com. So okay. it's m y m e d u t o p i a dot com, mymedutopia.com, and that's we've got all of our social media links. And okay. I think tonight it's supposed to be tonight, it may be tomorrow. Our new blog comes out, so there's a blog tab at the top, which nice. will have all kinds of cool blog stuff. So you can follow the podcast, the blog, and. Maybe someday a Netflix series. Who knows? Right, right. Yeah, that would there would be a lot to tell. You work in the ER, so you have that all going for you. <laughs> so who is your, just so people know, like target audience are people in the medical field, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the main target audience is healthcare professionals, people who teach in the healthcare professions. Okay. But we do so much in education that a lot of it also affects non-medical 
mm. uh, education. So people who teach colleges, universities, because we talk a lot about presentation design, delivery, and learning theory, and and stuff that would be pertinent for pretty much anybody at the university level. So yeah, we kind of cover everything. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. This was really fun. Oh, uh, it was great. Loved it. Come back anytime you ask okay. me. I'll be back. All right. All right. What did you think of that? Talking with a medical ER doctor about podcasting and marijuana. It kind of all comes full circle, right? (laughs) The thing I found interesting, though, was when I was describing my dream of going around the world and podcasting. And he said, that's my dream, too. And I thought, how crazy is that? We're coming from two different, completely different backgrounds and of doing different things all our lives yet ultimately we've narrowed in on the same dream i was wondering about the rest of you do you have anything like that a dream that all of a sudden you go yeah that's the thing the other thing i'd love to know is what you thought about the random questions it's a great way to get to know new people because they always want to tell you the basics but i like to know the weird things that nobody else knows all right thanks for listening So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.